I don't think I've drank in any of the pods. I'm, I'm drinking milk this time. <laughs> oh, you were drinking fucking milk last time. Yeah, I don't know. I like this milk. year or ever? This year. Uh, having the pet. What are you, Just, quitting the sauce? Uh, no, Just working no. on strong bones now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking grown-ass adult now. They're so fucking strong now. You should see him. <laughs> Web.com podcast. Week six was a lot of fun, and the fun just keeps rolling on. And who better to break down the week six action than the originals, the legendary, the infamous original Web.com pod squad, <laughs> Fraser and Caleb back together. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Oh, you were gone. I mean, no, I, just, been, I was just specifying oh, you and me together. It's been a while. Yeah, sure, sure. It actually, I mean, probably like what? Like week three, three or four weeks. Wow. Yeah, um, we've had two weeks, two consecutive weeks of special guests, which, you know, it's always nice. We love having this, the guests come on. And Josh, very applicable guest last week with after his game and um we have another fun game to talk about with the rebels but we're gonna do it og style caleb is back in the building he looks like darth vader right now which is very fitting for his new brand yeah it's very fun subscribe to the youtube channel uh, buy our premium to get the full video content of the web.com podcast (laughs) thanks to our loyal patreon subs they can see me as vader right now (laughs) <laughs> nobody wants to see that nobody needs to see that oh god well anywho um well before we get into the games uh there was a, a fairly significant trade that occurred this week and a, a few other minor deals but we'll hit on the uh we'll hit on the big one which was oh. kareem hunt oh, yeah. a a piece that yeah you know he was yeah. being widely Widely shopped already, mm-hmm. given Tim's situation and how he kind of stuck out on that roster. Um, and ultimately, it was Parker who swoops in and grabs him in the wake of some Nick Chubb injury news. Um, and now Kareem Hunt is injured. But um, so, I mean, it, it kind of puts a damper on it when you see what happened afterwards. But uh, before that, what would you think of the move for Parker just from a mentality standpoint? Um, before that, I mean, I guess it's tough to take the injury out of consideration. Now, I thought yeah, he got right. I thought he got a little antsy. I thought he could have waited. He just said Tim this week, and that ended up being not even close to a contest. And, you know, with those – with those player deals, any the fewer weeks you have left, usually it's less chance of something like that happening. So he could have kind of minimized that risk and maybe tried to swing this deal this week. I don't think people were barreling down the doors for Kareem Hunt quite yet. So uh, 
the worst case ended up happening, but I guess it wasn't too bad. It was just pretty un- unfortunate after doing it. Yeah, I didn't mind the trade. You know, he went out and, and got someone who could fill in and not just fill in, be a really good starter. But, yeah, I guess he didn't really need him this week, and now he's on IR. So just yeah. unfortunate timing. And for Tim, he gets his return and investment back, um, plus Tariq Cohen. So like, yeah. works out for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, being that he's a Nick Chubb owner, I mean, you love having this player. It's very unfortunate what ended up happening, but uh, moving forward still should be a good piece for him. Um, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt is uh, I not expected to miss the entire season or anything. So um, That's what it looked like at first. It looked like an Achilles pop, the way he, like, wasn't really near anyone and was kind of pushing off and all of a sudden couldn't mm-hmm. put any weight on it. So I think he got off pretty pretty lucky, actually, with what it could have been. Yeah, definitely. And um, the the first that he traded was the first that he acquired in the Juju deal. So yeah. already you see the shuffling of assets. We kind of had questioned that trade. Not really uh, – not in the sense that it was a bad trade. It just was a very weird trade. But you see him already using that asset that he acquired in a, in a different way to kind of reshape the, the roster. Um, but – Um, Notable mostly for the fact that the Kareem Hunt sweepstakes, which may have occurred uh, as we approach the trade deadline, uh, has seemingly ended already um, because of, you know, Parker trying to get ahead of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, then just a few minor trades, some housekeeping trades. We don't really need to touch on them, but we will uh, touch on at least one of them a little bit when we get to uh, the week seven game of the week, which will be a running theme on this episode as we approach the midway point and the biggest game uh, of the season without a doubt. Um, So that being said, let's jump into week six. Uh, we, we had Josh come on last week after his, uh, performance, uh, in week five against Calvin in the must win game of the week. And I didn't get a poll out there this week. Um, we had two really good contenders, um, but I'm going to choose to start with the pirates and the rebels because I feel like, um, off the heels of that game with Calvin, Josh had so much momentum and, uh, you know, it, this game was really setting up as, as a major uh, sort of opportunity for his team. I mean, it, it seemed like he was uh, operating at a clip in which he could actually maybe potentially take down Dan. Um, and what we saw was, was basically that. And uh, he matched him. I mean, aside from the Derrick Henry performance, uh, which we're obviously going to talk about here, um, it, it looked like he might have him this week. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to have to start the conversation with the rebels this week, because what my main takeaway, and I, I said this, but main takeaway of this week for me is that Josh is for real. This isn't a, this is an attack on to the race anymore. This is a legitimate pack five contender. The roster is coming together in a big way. The defense is showing up finally, and he's got a real shot at it. Yeah, I agree. Been over two, 
214 the last four weeks after ripping on him after the week two pod. And like you said, if getting out to the point where we had hope probably hurts a little bit for or for Josh just because this year it looks like if you can snag a win against Dan, it's going to be such a season-altering type of type of win. And Josh almost had it. I mean, Dan, in the early portions of the early games, I think his projections had dropped almost into the 180s. So it kind of looked like maybe Josh caught him on this week. Maybe Dan was done, but Dan... It just happened like it like it does every week. It just came back with an absolute vengeance and still managed to put up 240. But yeah, great week for Josh. 220 scared the the uh, the big dog, and I think it kind of maybe gave this Josh Gene some confidence that he can face up with anyone, even Dan, um, if he does make the playoffs. Yeah, he had that hot start uh, Thursday night. Alex Singleton. Check down vacuum, as he's called, uh, 15 <laughs> tackles. And then he had Fournette going for 27 points, who has been a bright spot for this team, scoring as a top 12 running back right now, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, just didn't quite have it. I I mean, the defense, uh, Singleton and Holcomb have kind of been the anchors. And we've been talking about this whole waiver wire thing, whether it works or not. I mean, it's working with those two. So Holcomb's been having a monster year as well. Um, as usual, we see two players off the roster on the defense already, Fuller and Woods at defensive back, both after putting up double-digit performances, which yeah. is wild. Still a full-on DB rotation going. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I'm amazed by what he does, and it, it's working right now because, like you said, the, the first few weeks we were worried about this team, didn't know if it, how it take, took. And now it's looking good. Puts up a good fight against a Dan team that's unstoppable. Yeah, we talk about Dan's defense being such a significant advantage for him this season. And yet you see this week, I mean, Josh uh, leads the way in defensive scoring with 104 this week. So he eclipses that 100-point barrier that has, you know, kind of emerged as this, you know, point of emphasis if you can hit that 100 points like you you know you you're having a significant week um and he was able to do that while dan was in the mid 80s this week so i mean for his standards um fairly pedestrian even though that's 10 points above league average um and you see it with some of these guys that that uh you know that josh has rolled out here kind of pieced this together we we said last week it's just kind of a patchwork sort of defense he's filtering guys in and out like you said um but he has some of these kind of rocks that have have come uh to be you know forces for him over the first half of the season and you know if if his defense can continue to to show what it has over the last few weeks during this 200 point stretch that he's on um he he's for real because because the offense looks good i mean he's doing and he did it this week without saquon mm-hmm. i mean you forget about that so it's like he still has that waiting Fournette has been so huge for him and he has these guys that aren't even you know that are gonna also be big pieces Corderell, you know obviously uh still you know hopefully a piece for him moving forward based off of what we've seen. And then some other guys on the bench here, Donovan Peoples Jones, <laughs> just weird guys for this team. And, and he's just finding a way. This defense is crazy too. Usually we talk about defense providing that base like it does for Dan, for Josh, not 
Not so much. He's been over 93 times, oh. and then the other three times have all been right around 60. Yeah. Boom, a boom or bust defense. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> Love it. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, it, it for me, 100%, I, the, the pack five has taken a completely different form. I'm very excited to get into conference play. Mm-hmm. You see it. You see it. We play six weeks of this now, and you're just waiting to see those matchups because they're going to be so critical this year. The Caleb-Josh matchups, things like that. It's going to be so important this year. Um, I mean, it always is, but it just the, the tone uh, needs to be set in the Pac-5. We haven't seen a tone setter in that conference yet, so... Um, very encouraging stuff out of the rebels this week, but in the end, you, you just cannot beat them. <laughs> you cannot beat them. The pirate crew two forty seven again. I mean, another week high for him. We mentioned this ridiculous stretch and he continues with it. Fourth week high in six weeks, keeping the average right at about 250 points per game. And Derrick Henry is, you know, I, I there's not a player in Web right now that you can say is is an MVP uh, outside of Derrick Henry, in my opinion. He's just yeah. he, he, this is his year. It honestly doesn't even feel close right now. Yeah, I mean, once again, just puts puts the dagger in in Josh's heart. I mean, this guy. I mean, what is he like? Eight points above the next running back per game average? It's nuts. God. Yeah, he's running on, what, five straight 100 yards rushing games with three touchdowns in three of those five games. And he's getting a little bit of passing work, too. Like, it is absurd what he's doing. He's a league wrecker, a league winner on a team that is already stacked. So, yeah, it's like, it is a problem. The, the team with Mahomes and Tyreek and this ridiculous defense also has just stumbled into the perfect timing of getting Derrick Henry as everyone passed him around because it's like, yeah, this guy's never going to do anything. It's just, uh, uh, it, it's, I mean, that is the, that's the craziest part about Derrick Henry is the fact that it, this was not a player that just took off immediately. I mean, there was a point in time where people were already like, okay, well, I mean, what is this? What do we really have here with this guy? He obviously gets traded, um, and yeah, just, it's, it's crazy to see this. And I mean, he, it's, he's been such an important piece for this team. Um, obviously with the 2000 yard season last year and now this year, um, already just <laughs> exceeding that clip even, um, it's, it's insane. And I am so afraid of it. Um, the the defense i mean and th- that's the things like the defense was it was a little bit lower this week but then you see guys like Darius Leonard putting up 20 points this week his best performance of the season um and you know the offense is at 160 so i mean you you can't win you cannot win with this team mm-hmm. the defense cools off the offense is putting up you know above 40 points the league average and it's I, I just have no words. It's, it gets harder every week to find the words to describe the dominance of this team, and it's just watching history. Yeah, and just the pure consistency is just what's incredible. It's like if he has a down week from anyone, there's other talent to pick it up. I mean, 
doesn't really get much sacks out of the defense this week, but it was a Darius Leonard week. DK Godwin were pretty much held in check, and all of a sudden Noah Fant just pops off. It's yeah, just like there's right? names just everywhere. It's just it's uh it's overwhelming. Yeah, and the only thing I, I mean, still looks like what is he number three in scoring? Patrick Mahomes. What does he have like? Eight interception, two four, yeah. six, eight interceptions through six games, and he's still just three points shy of the number one QB spot in scoring. So that was almost yeah. going to be like my little thing. It's like, oh, but it, it's still Mahomes. It's just yeah. It's like, even when this team or when he it doesn't perform well, like it's still really good. So I don't know. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're in I trouble. Know. I'm in danger. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Do we want to start a he he might need some depth narrative or do you think it just doesn't matter? <laughs> we gotta do something. <laughs> no, I mean it the doesn't. receivers. If Julio's got a bad hamstring, it's Tyreek, DK, Godwin, and then Hunter Renfro, Preston Williams. That's it. Will Fuller's in my heart. Like, there's no wide receiver depth at all. Yeah, I mean. Not much running back depth either. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like his flux spot can get sketchy. We got bye weeks coming up. I think this team could possibly look vulnerable <laughs> at some point, but it's just not it right now. Think you guys, did you guys talk about a lot where it's like you could just take a player out of his lineup and yes. still, he would still be like the best team in the league? Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's so it doesn't even matter. Like the depth, yeah, the depth is it's not great, but like at the same time, like if he's flexing, like let's just say he's flexing uh, Jamal Williams or something on a, <laughs> on a week, it's like it doesn't matter. Like he's got so he's just the regular best team instead of historic. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. I mean, two two hundred and fifty points per game is is just such an obscene number. It just doesn't even feel human and. Um, I'm not going to, like I said last week, I'm not going to believe that this team is in, that it cannot do this every single week until I see that happen. And it has not happened yet. Um, and obviously now we move into, uh, conference play and we see the big five as, as opposed to the pack five, we see the big five sort of breaking away and having these clear cut contenders. Um, and, uh, you know, we got we got a pretty big game coming up here in week seven, which we'll obviously touch on um, in greater detail in a bit. But uh, the team that this pirate crew will meet is the Moneymakers to kick off the Big Five slate. So jumping into this game, Moneymakers and KOC. So you you had a real opportunity for Josh to make a statement, but at the same time. Dan was still going in as a pretty significant favorite, as he will against almost every single team this year. But this game was not the case. This was a very tight contest on paper. I mentioned that it could come right down to it again for for KOC with these big five teams. Um, And ultimately, I mean, Caleb, your team had a, a good week, a solid week. You got to 200. Um, but just not quite enough this week as the moneymakers, well, they don't get to 250 every week, a 230, keeping the average about 225 per game and setting up for this historic contest against Dan. Yeah, 
just didn't quite have the firepower this week. Uh, defense was pretty mad. I was trying to roll out some guys off waivers. Preston Williams versus a bad Bears offensive line, and he got hurt right away, so that sucked. Um, I don't know, just not a whole lot of boom out of outside of Josh Allen and, and Najee Harris. Marvin Jones made me feel good in the morning, but slowly tapered off from there. Uh, yeah, just didn't quite bring it this week. Defense was disappointing. Um, offense didn't bring a ton, but I mean, it wasn't a bad week. 200 points, just couldn't quite uh, put it all together this week. Can we talk about Marvin Jones for a second? I'd every time, to. every time I talk shit about that guy, he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> every Marvin, time, <laughs> Marvin Jones is the most. He's like the brand. He's like the discount Brandon Cooks, where he never gets, he'll never get what you want from if you try to trade him. He'll always go dra- get drafted lower than you think, and yet here he is year after year. I mean, like wide receiver 28 in 2019, wide receiver 18 the year before. Like he just puts up enough numbers where he's the perfect bye week filling guy, and now with with DJ Turk gone, he's getting a decent amount of targets. He's got a nice rapport with uh, Lawrence, so I feel comfortable starting him. He, I mean, he's a good player. He's just a good player, and he, mm-hmm. he's one of the few guys that are like have been on this team for a while. He was a part of that Keekley trade with Mingo a while back, and he's just sort of been this. There's not many veterans on this team, and he's sort of like the savvy vet that that's always there. A nice leader for a young squad, so I, I love Marvin Jones. Yeah, You love seeing that. You love <laughs> seeing that. A player that prior to the trade that we made, Caleb, I brought him in on a, with, for, for a first-round pick at the wow, trade deadline. About that, yeah. And he's still, he's still around now doing the things. So, I mean. That's retro. That was yeah, yeah. way back. That was, I think that might have been the first trade I made with Josh where I gave him my first, and then I did that three more times or something like that. <laughs> Just really formed a rapport. But, um, no, I mean, I think the the big takeaway here from this game, I mean, if, if we if we say that Josh kind of cements himself as, the, as a, a, a real contender in the Pac-5, I think what you can say about a game like this is, while Caleb is – in his own right, a real contender in the pack five. Certainly. I mean, he's your team is currently uh, sitting at third in the, in war plus right now. So behind the top two dogs. Um, But that's really it. I mean, the money makers and the pirate crew have just been so suffocating that these good teams just can't quite match the pace when everything comes together. And, uh, you know, a week like this where, uh, you know, coming off of a week high, moneymakers go for 230. The defense, again, um, 93.95 this week. Got the average over 90 points per game on the defense right now. And as long as that continues, if that if that is something that, and we've talked about this for weeks, but if that is something that is sustainable for this team, then I don't see any way that, this like with Dan, I don't see how this really tapers off all that much. I think as long as these two teams have the defenses performing at the level that they're at, opposed to the rest of the league, I mean that's kind of what you're going to see um, down the stretch, and that's why Big Five play is so exciting because mm-hmm. you get those matchups with 
the two Dan and Mingo matchups and then the Parker matchups. And we'll obviously talk about Parker in a bit. But, I mean, you see the cream kind of rising to the top here in the big five where it's it's more of a cluster in the pack five. Yeah, and with your team, like you mentioned, I think it's kind of getting overshadowed with how good Dan has been with just how good of a start you've actually got off to. I started yelling about it a bit last week. I'm going to... I'm gonna bring some more stats back at you. Remember, <laughs> oh uh, remember how good Dave's start was last year uh, through week six. He had a seven point five two or plus. Right now, Mingles at six point nine. I mean, we talked about how ridiculous Dave's team was. Mingles right there, and I think he's lurking as a potential just thorn in the side of this historic run that Dan's on. Um, you have this team that can go up and beat this team in scoring he's already done it twice so i think it's getting overshadowed just how good this mingo team has started yeah and i like the defense it feels like these three linebackers wagner brooks and wilson are just like the engine to this thing just churning it along and kind of making that base for it i mean logan wilson continues just to get interceptions he's got four on the year and then I don't know how Wagner and Brooks pile up tackles like this, but every I mean, fourteen tackles a piece. Are you kidding? Like some, there's, that's that's insane. Like that's that's unheard of for for linebacker production. Plus Hassan Reddick, sort of making up for whatever is going on with Chase Young. Um, it's a really good defense, and it's really helped out. What was already a, a high powered offense, and really rounded out the team. Yeah, the Brooks-Wilson thing, I mean, it continues to be a, a story for this team because just because they're always going to be linked in a way. I mean, it, it was the same class. They were picked, like, picks apart from one another in the fourth round. And, I mean, you talk about two fourth-round picks that make this sort of impact this quickly for a team. I mean, that is that is huge. I mean, I had no idea what to expect from these guys I think I mentioned it, you know, going into the into the week one or into week one off the preview that, you know, they were they were starting. And I don't know what that means, but they were starting and, and they have not left the lineup outside of I pulled Jordan Brooks for one week. And that was a mistake. But then Jordan Hicks, again, 20 points on the bench this week. So there's guys, there's options for this defense. Um which is good and it's you know it continues to even surprise me a little bit and and see this sort of consistency out of a unit that I wasn't too sure on going into the year has been a huge factor for this team Um, but uh, jumping over to to nuance the KOC or KOC the order of chaos it's yeah okay KOC To nuance KOC. <laughs> um, hey, oh, oh. That's. Omit the of, please. Christ. Oh, God. Where am I? Um, K- yeah, KOC. Right. No, um, you talk about this cluster in the pack five, but I do, you know, I want to make it clear here that you are third in war plus, Caleb. I mean, this has been a, 
a situation that we've sort of, you know, had to monitor alongside of what the Big Five is doing. But now as we get into the Pac-5, Pac-5 play starts next week. You are going in as the guy right now in the conference. You have overshadowed Dave. You are going in ahead of Dave right now statistically. And then obviously Josh is there as well. But you're going in as the favorite. So where where is your head right now as you enter the Pac-5? Do you feel confident in that? Do you feel like the team is ready for that? I think we got to make some tweaks on defense. Um, sort of like last year where it came on strong late. I think we're going to figure it out here pretty soon. Um, obviously, some issues with running back production right now. I got to hope Antonio Gibson's healthy. I just want them to give Miles Sanders the ball. I will scream it every single week and be disappointed every single week. But, um, yeah, it's – I don't know. I don't feel – I'm a little worried because I got a big matchup against Dave this next week, and my entire team is on a bye. So um, I've got no Josh Allen, and, of course, the same week I got no Kirk Cousins. Um, All my starting receivers from this week are out. My tight end is out and Kittle's hurt, like, we are reeling for what we're going to be starting this week to the point where uh, I don't want to say I'm chalking that up one up as an L already, but it we are going deep into the bench right now to even field a lineup. So, and if that happens against Dave, you're three and four, and all of a sudden you really got to start putting it together. And, like, the team's been good, like you said, third and more plus, but Ah, man, I would feel a lot better if I would have pulled that one out against Dan and been sitting in a better spot, especially with a team like Josh and and Frazier all of a sudden lurking. So, honestly, (laughs) it doesn't feel incredible right now just with what I'm already planning (laughs) to happen next week. That Dan game's going to come up all year, I think. Oh, it's going to. It's going to cost me a playoff spot. You know, maybe you could take a little bit of the Josh comfort from this, get some of these buys out of the way in a game that you would have probably had a chance to lose even if you were fully at full strength. Stay strong against some of these teams you should take care of business against and then got that Week 14 matchup with Dave. Come back and get them then. Yeah. Yeah, they're calling it the buy apocalypse. It really is. This week. Yeah, it is. I I mean, I would we'll get into it, but I'm down Dalvin and James Robinson this week. Hence why I had to trade for Daryl Williams, which I'm still not (laughs) convinced is a real player. But my favorite thing to do is to trade force just to beat someone on a particular. Yep. (laughs) You're damn right. (laughs) To do that to Tim all the time back in the day. Oh, I love it. Ever since that Gio Bernard trade I made, that was, Mm -hmm. yeah, got to do it. But, yeah, no, it is is being, like the conferences in general, we have this massive Dan and Mingo game looming, but you also have the boys and KOC this week. I mean, it's the Pac-5 version of that right now. And, I mean, 
it it cannot be understated that you know while the big five is doing what it's doing right now like the pack five is it's going to be very competitive and very interesting and the tone is going to be set immediately with this game the winner of this game and i mean obviously you have a bit of a situation caleb but um from a confidence perspective i mean if dave is able to pick this game up that's going to be huge for him as he moves into the the rest of the conference slate there so um lot lot happening right now it's that time of the year where as we shift into conference the conversation really does become more and more about big picture where our teams at how do the conferences look and obviously we're already at mid-season next week that we got the mid-season special already next week so it's, it's happening fast and teams are you know still sort of scrambling to figure out what their identity is and where they sit um, especially in the pack five but um, let's let's hit on that let's hit on that team let's hit on Dave because um, like I mentioned Caleb has has overtaken Dave and the boys as the as the team to beat currently in the pack five it's very very close very very close but right now Caleb has a slight advantage and narrative wise I feel like also has an advantage we have we've sort of been asking for more out of the out of the boys so far this year it's been a constant theme um and and he has injuries that he's dealt with McCaffrey again but um in a in a year where he went in sort of kind of neck and neck with Dan from a from a preseason projection standpoint it has it couldn't be more different right now he he's still struggling a bit i mean he obviously gets the win this week against k1 which he you know you expect that you need that but um sub 200 points this week and you just kind of continue to see the little bit below expectations week after week yeah maybe this is what this team needs though maybe he needs to be an underdog here because he definitely is i think everyone's got kind of a dave hangover i mean the advanced stats don't look great I think this team has issues that he doesn't have the capital to solve or even the young assets to solve at this point. I mean, this quarterback position looks like it's going to be an issue the whole time. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, is he going to be, is he going to come back healthy? Is he going to retweak something just like last year? And it's just, he's got one first to work with in 2024. And other than that, he doesn't have much options to, improve this roster and i think it's time to maybe just give the reins to Derek carr Ooh. I was, whoa that was the main thing what is he gonna do at quarterback yep. ryan Tannehill has gone from underrated to uh, probably properly rated uh he hasn't really been doing all that great uh so far this year but Derek carr has sort of been a, a shocking development i i'm still not sure if i trust him either yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. I want like, is there some sort of out of his ass move like the Tanhill move last year that could be out there? I don't know. I don't. And you thought maybe Sam Darnold was the answer after his hot start mm-hmm. with twenty one points, twenty one points, twenty five, thirty three, and now back to back weeks here he's got five and sixteen. So maybe Sam Darnold is who we thought he was. That's what it's kind of looking like. So definitely in a weird spot where maybe he could ship off like a Darnold plus something or I, I don't know. It 
it's a tough spot, but the quarterback is really holding them back because there's just not a lot of upside at all. You know what this team should do? The I just I was trying to think of quarterbacks he could trade for, and I thought of the perfect one. Cheap, been producing really good and consistently. Can you guys guess who I'm thinking? Matt Stafford? Nope. Uh, cheaper. Probably. Actually, cheap. eh, maybe not cheaper. I was thinking Jalen Hurts. Oh. <laughs> oh. I would say cheaper. Yeah. I would hope so. I don't know. I, it's just, it's, it's a weird, I feel like it's a weird time for quarterbacks right now because I don't, there's not a, outside of Kyler, who is a completely different animal, I don't think there is really that guy on the market necessarily right now that, that kind of screams like I am available, come and get me. You know, he's, Mm -hmm. he's in a weird spot where I feel like he, if he wants to commit to that position, he could do a little bit of roster retooling, maybe move some of these guys around if he, if he feels like it's a significant hindrance against him. But at the same time, you know, this is still the fourth scoring offense in the league. It's been, you know, as as banged up and as weird as it has been this year, it's still holding in the top four right now. Um, so that's that's a plus. Um, but we, you know, time and time again, we come back to this defense and it, it continues to hold him back. I mean, um, and it's another situation like the quarterback where I don't really know what the moves are here. I don't know if there are moves. I don't know what the plan is. If he just kind of waits it out and just kind of sees where things go, or if he gets a little desperate and goes out and makes a move, you know, either way you could definitely see, uh, you know, you could understand either way. Um, and, but you know, the, the defense for sure is as weird as the offense has been and all the things that we've seen there. Um, it really is the defense that continues to lower his ceiling and cause issues, uh, week to week. Yeah. And as much as we talk about this panic, it could be a little bit of the pod narrative. I think a lot of his problems are going to be solved by just AJ Brown getting healthier, McCaffrey coming back. And it might not even matter if his... Maybe his defense can at least get back to league average. I think that would solve a lot of his problems. So if you're Dave, you really don't have the options or the assets to not just do the wait and see and hope things just get healthier and better from here. Yeah, I mean, a couple guys have stepped up for him on the defensive line. Shaq Barrett, last three weeks, a sack, a sack and a half, a sack, force fumble. Leonard Floyd, who he added me, he added me on Twitter. Apparently, I said something about Leonard Floyd that wasn't good. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he's doing good. He's got four and a half sacks and a forced fumble on the year. So maybe that's a little bright spot too. There, he's sort of figuring it out. But yeah, I don't know. I think we just gotta wait for this team to get healthy. I mean, Darren Waller's kind of hasn't really been that weapon we all expected him to be after Week One. Uh, and like we already mentioned, the quarterback situation. I think Daryl Henderson's a nice little bright spot. He's pretty much been producing as like a bell cow in the Rams' offense, mm-hmm. and even if it's just for this year, like that's huge with McCaffrey out. Plus, he has Hubbard uh, from the one trade he made in the draft, which looks like it's going to help him out a lot there as well. So, um, I think I don't know. I think he'll be okay. 
I have to wait and see what happens with McCaffrey. AJ Brown slowly getting healthy. That's going to be huge. So I still yeah. I think I think Dave will be all right. The quarterback situation isn't ideal, but yeah. And this is all in the the context of comparing him to Mingo and sure. Dan. Like this team is still right, very good and in a great spot right. to make the playoffs. Yeah, and we're gonna. I mean. W- We'll do. We're probably going to do that all year, but probably less now when the conference play starts. Mm-hmm. The conference championship races heat up. the The last, you know, the six weeks here that we've played in our conference, it has been very easy to compare these teams across conferences. But it, it won't matter what what the money makers or the pirates are doing um, when it comes down to winning the Pack Five. Um, and that's what his goal is going to be moving forward. And he's in a great position to do that right alongside of Caleb and Josh. Um, it's going to be a really highly contested race, like we've said. And, and we'll get more into that probably next week as we break down the first half of the season on the on the midweek or on the midseason special. But um, a little bit weird just because the ceiling of this team has been lower. It has been very low um, overall. He's the second most consistent team in the league, but he doesn't have that ceiling that some of these other teams have displayed so far. So that's sort of what what brings it down and what kind of makes it more of a, you know, the conversation is is not as it's not as positive as he would hope that it would be. But compared to his expectations, correct. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Frazier. Um, (laughs) Speaking of Kyler Murray (laughs) and uh, the one bright spot (laughs) on this team, um, K1 Jelly is, you know, we're we're at the point of the season now where it it is fundamentally understood that this team is in full implosion mode. Um and without his first round pick it's it's concerning and it's not great um but on a week like this where you can parse out some of the positive points um jalen waddle shines pretty bright in this starting lineup this Mm -hmm. week uh two touchdown performance you know another (laughs) weird line of 10 receptions for 70 yards on a guy that you expect to be stretching the field he's not doing that right now but he is producing now there's some deshaun watson rumors around miami again so um you know as you look for these positive points and these bright spots on this team i mean these wide receivers do continue to show that um even if it's not all within the same week yeah the waddle thing is is weird i mean he he's doing really well with Tua getting those targets but they're using him like a like a mini LaVisca, which is just strange for this guy that had like this game-breaking speed as his main strength. Uh, Tony gets hurt, which sucks, but he got all those yards in one drive, so that's still encouraging. And yeah, those those are the bright spots. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I, it's pretty much it. Waddle, you guys hit on it. Some disappoint. I mean, right? I mean, Tony. Yeah, I get to talk about him last week, but he looks incredible in that offense. Just get him the ball. They're finally doing it. It's awesome to see. Uh, gets hurt, but on one drive, he had three catches already. So, um, otherwise, I mean, it's tough to see. Like Jalen Rager has not really done anything. You know, the Brandon Ayuk situation. 
and Nikhil Harry, who he decided to trade a 24 <sighs> second for, for no apparent reason. Uh, 39 snaps last week, no targets. He's up Hooker's, to uh, two receptions this coming. season. Yeah, so you know, I don't, I don't, I never, I never understood that trade, and now he's just sort of. I guess we've been preaching weight on guys for how long, but he's not even barely seeing the field. I mean, he's seeing it more than Denzel Mims, but that's about it. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, Paris Campbell goes on IR, so that's probably his career is over. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, Carter, but. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, Waddle, Waddle and Tony look really good. And that, that Diggs trade looks nice, getting Waddle and two first back. That was really big. Mm-hmm. So I do like that for him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a situation where, I mean, he you're trying to find the the path. You're looking for the path forward for this team. And, I mean, we can get more into this mid midseason season. Kind of take a holistic view of where the league is sitting. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do that right now, but this team is sort of the epitome of that. Where it is, it's coming. You know that that championship run, the the title game run, and the eleven win season is not that far away. It's 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 still a recent memory in a lot of ways. And when you have that sort of you know that taste in your mouth it's it's weird to see the team in this sort of position and you're just trying to find out what is the way forward how do i bring this back around and get back to that sort of level even if he was you know exceeding expectations and maybe overachieving in a season like that i mean there you don't just do it by accident. So there there has to be a way forward. He has these these pieces, these shining pieces in the lineup. Um, Tony, especially being one of those, had he not been hurt, would have been very interested to see how he followed up his performance from last week. Um, but, yeah, it, we'll, we'll maybe break this down more next week. But one of my the things that I do most often in web is just think about what the path for this team looks like because there has to be a way forward even without the pick even with you know all the things going on so maybe we'll get into that next week maybe we'll do a little bit of like a fix fix that team exercise like some of these other podcasts do maybe we'll try that all these out of contention teams just get showcased one per week Yes, that might be a good idea. Way to spice it up a little bit with some of these teams. Yeah, I love I love every single one of these teams. I want to give every team the respect that they deserve. But you know, the narrative does shift dramatically, especially in a season like this where the league is so top heavy, um, and and you know, a team like this is already just so far out of it at this point of the year. It it, it is. Uh, it's disappointing for sure. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, let us shift then over to, uh, back to the big five. Let's touch on this because, um, Parker, like Dave, and we had a, you know, there's been a whole conversation all season long, kind of comparing these teams in a lot of ways. Um, but finally we see this Parker team really starting to come alive. Um, even in the absence of Nick Chubb, in you know one of the best players on the on the team and he kind of dips out here with this injury and suddenly you see the team 
putting up its highest total of the season, 231. You finally see it. You finally see the true potential that we've been waiting for. He's up over that 225 marker that has kind of been set by by Dan and I. And he's this week, I mean, it was Dan, me, and Parker, the top three scoring teams, and now we enter the big five in a in a hyper competitive race. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever had like a narrative like this for a five and one team that just right. <laughs> delivered on what we wanted out of them. It's just this combination of these poorly timed injuries to his running backs. It just the schedule that he's facing. It feels like this team, this five and one, fourth place or plus team, has entered like survival mode uh, <laughs> on this year because he's just got this gauntlet where he faces Mingo and Dan twice. So he's got four games that he's just gonna have his hands full with. I mean, if you put that on, and if you just say like this team, like. I don't know if he has a shot to beat these two teams. He's five and five, so it's like you just gotta kinda get to nine and five this year, so he's just gotta go four and four, but he's he can't afford to drop any of these games and he's down a lot of players to injuries right now, so it's it's just a little scary right now, even though he's five and one. Yeah, it is weird how this team is producing. Like finally this week we see Jeremy Chen get to to double digit points, which is big. You combine that with Derwin James, who's been playing well, and you've got one of the best DB uh, uh, cores in Webb. And then, like, this Denzel Perriman cat, double-digit points in every game this season. Meanwhile, Devin White has only done that twice. He hasn't really done a whole lot. Harold Landry's getting in the lineup, and he's been playing well. He's getting, getting the start over Khalil Mack. So, and now Patrick Queen, like, is having some issues um, performance-wise. So it's like his defense is kind of all over the place, but it's working this week here. And uh, sort of the same for offense. He has to bring in Khalil Herbert this week. And he, he looks good. He has a good week for the Bears. Um, Stephon Diggs gets back to normal. Hunt was the big acquisition, obviously. He gets hurt. But, like, now Odell's dealing with an injury. Like, I don't know. This t- it's such a weird five and one team because it's kind of all over the place, but he's he's making it work. But it's these next few weeks that are really going to decide where he's at. It's just it's just a weird team. You look at all of it and you're like, if this could just all happen at once, we could <laughs> yeah. do like a Mingo did last year. But it's just like, is it going to? I don't know. I mean. It's you bring up the the shuffling with the defense the the lineup there, but that is such a big deal for this team and what we have seen over the last two weeks. Because, like Dave, we sort of called out this defense in a little bit in a, in a way because we expected it to be near the top of the league, and it was not showing that through the first five weeks. And we mentioned uh, on the week five pod. Denzel Perriman's name. You got to get this guy in the lineup. And Parker has had the courage to do that. He has not been afraid to move pieces around and and really take chances on some of these guys, follow the points a little bit, and, and go with the hot hands. And he is seeing the returns because Denzel Perriman continues to produce, and Harold Landry is on fire yeah. right now. So he is seeing immediately the impacts of having depth on the defense and being willing 
to, sh- to shuffle it around and make substitutions and not being afraid of what you're putting on the bench. He is reaping the benefits of that right now. And this week, 103.6 on the defense. Uh, so again, eclipses that 100-point barrier. He was at 98.6 last week. It's a completely new-look defense over the last two weeks, and it's coming at the perfect time for him. And we haven't really talked about record all that much at all this season. It's been a lot of war plus. How's the team looking overall? But it cannot be lost that this team made it through the Pac-5 slate 5-1. and one. He currently maintains that one-game advantage over the Bunnymakers going into the, the conference window. So that has also helped him. And now if this defense is going to come alive and, and he's going to see this sort of performance, he jumps right back into it for me. It's it's crazy looking. I just scrolled down to the IR having Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, and CEH all on IR. Yeah. Kareem Hunt Before. about to join them. Like, that's just really tough. But it really is a testament to this team's, how it's been built, its depth. Like, again, it's just weird looking at it like, like an Emmanuel Sanders almost has a better chance starting in this lineup than an Allen Robinson or an Odell Beckham. Like, he's been outperforming both of them this season and has been playing well. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it's impressive what he's been able to do with, with all the shuffling around and sort of playing the hot hand, and it's working so far. Yeah, I, did. I just looked at this IR. This is the sickest IR I've ever seen. It's like yeah, the strength of this team. Yeah. That's like your and he's whole five and one. Yeah. Through all of that, through all the injuries and all of that, he's five and one. It's it's truly incredible what he's what he's been able to do. And and like you said, Caleb, a testament to his depth and and how he constructed this roster, oh. understanding um, that you know depth was gonna be was gonna be a major advantage for him against a team like Dan, who we we mentioned doesn't really have that. So if if Dan had run into these sorts of issues with his starting pieces, I mean, you'd be, you'd be much more concerned um, with that team as opposed to this. So looks like we might get a tight end flex this week from him in this by apocalypse. I always love to see that, especially when one of them isn't Dan Arnold. Gusecki is he, that's a, that's a real thing. He's, he's kind of arriving this year. It seems like been waiting on it and he, you know, for a tight end, he's looked pretty damn good. I, mean, I guess he's a wide receiver, but <laughs> not according Whatever. to sleeper. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, other side of this game, like the last game. I mean, Dave had had Carter to deal with, and Parker had the insulin pens. Um, so uh, the sort of game where you obviously expect to win, you have to win this sort of a game. And he, he does so handily um, because the insulin pens, like we mentioned, moved on from Kareem Hunt. And that sort of, you know, really puts the, the nail in the coffin um, on, you know, where this season is headed. And not, you know, no negative connotation meant from that because, um, it you know, we continue to see the the signs of the future and and the hope that this team has even as soon as 2022 um and it starts with cd lamb this week after we built up jamar chase um cd lamb comes out and has his marquee performance of the year 
And that's very, it's very like Tim when things go a little bit rough to just deliver a, a definite nickname to CD that Chase is better and for things to just immediately switch. Just a very Tim move. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know where we're at with this team now. The Lamb <laughs> performance is obviously incredible. It's just tough to rely on it. Like, Dak spreads the ball around so much. Sort of reminds you, like, Rodgers, like, before Devontae was, like, the, the guy to get all the targets. Like, just everyone gets their little piece of the offense. And it was him this week. He's obviously super talented. Um, other than that, I mean, obviously the quarterback controversy still persists. Ugh. Give Burrow like, the job. What I, was he gonna I, do? Are you? With, I think we have to bring this up every so often. Like, what are we thinking about Hertz? Like, I think Hertz is a good fantasy quarterback, but he's exactly. not a good yeah. quarterback, and it I makes agree. me worried about his long-term ability. So That's why he's perfect for a stopgap option for Dave. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's, I mean, I don't believe he's going to be the quarterback for the Eagles next year. So you have a half of a season to play with if you want to, you know, if a team like Dave wants to get in on it and try to capitalize on the upside that he hasn't gotten out of Ryan Tannehill, um, that is, that's the move because I don't, I don't see this being a, an asset moving forward for him. Joe Burrow is definitely his guy, I think, clear-cut um, 2022 and beyond. Um, and, you know, I, I also want to just uh, touch on the fact that J.J. <laughs> J. Watt what? is embracing his new role, his change of scenery. Captain. Yeah, captain, you know, just really embracing – this this new role on this team and you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say it doesn't hurt <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm not you know i don't cry about it at night but good for him congratulations yeah, we, jj yeah we hashed that out pretty well last week it's just nice to see him he's got his rings you want him his rings now he's he's not ready to retire so he just moved on to a locker room that needed some leadership true one more one other player that was a money maker at one time zach cunningham i think oh. he might be finished um snaps have been declining and declining and only 14 this past week uh i they i mean they signed him to a decent deal and he it's just apparently it's just over i mean one of the top linebackers year after year in fantasy 163 tackles last year and now Looks like it's over. <laughs> That's just a tough loss for a guy who, you know, was rebuilding his defense here. This is going to be one of those main pieces. And now that's kind of done. Especially when you look through the mess of that, those Michael Thomas trades that he basically traded a first for Zach Cunningham and a second. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna rub salt in that wound too much. But I mean, I do want to call out a uh, a, some, a a beautiful piece of insight that Josh shared with us on behind the curtain, which is that coaching changes can be bad news for linebackers. And I uh, I took that advice to heart this off season, and it was a. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it wasn't a factor in my. Yeah. Uh, 
decision to move on from Zach Cunningham. So I really have Josh to thank for this. And uh, all anger Tim has should be directed at Josh. So. Immediately in the chat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's so many positives for this team. We'll, we'll hit on, you know, continually throughout the rest of the season. So to get a few, a uh, few nicks in this week just for old time's sake. Felt pretty good. It was fun. <laughs> it was. I missed it. I did too. Oh God, that felt good. I want to do more. Oh, okay. Moving on. Um. Oh man, David Wilson, Batman. Let's talk about that team because um, we talk about this this cluster in the Pack Five. We got these teams very very close together. The War Plus is fairly similar for all of them. Wide open record wise. But David Wilson, Batman, gets left out in the conversation, and yet you're four and two. You scored 190 points again this week, and you've already said that you're not opposed to maybe getting in and making things a little weird. So, are you? Do you feel disrespected that we leave David Wilson, Batman, out of the Pack Five conversation? No, no, we like this. This is part of the new identity. Backs against the wall. No one thinking of us. I mean, we're still here. We recognize that we're four and two. Got the analytics department out doing some research. Maybe where where we can patch together this team. Uh, we did notice we're only averaging about eight points per game out of the QB spot. I kind of think that's killing us. <laughs> um, so I was just like looking at quarterbacks and just randomly to pick one out. Uh, Kyler averaging 28. That could be an immediate 20-point uh, improvement on this team. And then all of a sudden you're averaging 200 points per game. You're right there with it. Uh, again, just a random quarterback thrown out there. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> this That's team, I don't know. It's doing its thing. I mean, the emergent Antonio Brown coming back has been really big. Uh, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball to him a lot more. These past four weeks, he's really been popping off. That's been a big part. McKissick, you got your PPR guy. And you're slotting in these running backs, and they're, they're doing things. And it's somehow working. It, I don't know how. I'm looking at the names. And it's just like this shouldn't be a four and two team, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's there. There's two sides to this team, and I mean, the one side is that the WAR plus is currently negative two point seven six. Tells a little bit of a story about you know where this team could potentially be playing at the level of a five win team. And it already has four wins. There you go. So, I mean, that's one angle. But the other angle is that what matters is wins. And we've seen it in the past, you know, a la Carter in 2018 and Josh in 2018. You get enough wins and at some point maybe it becomes real. Maybe you just hit people on the right weeks and you string together a season to remember. 
And I'm not going to sit here and say that the Pack 5 is so overwhelmingly great that this team couldn't pick off a few teams down the stretch and end up making this interesting. This is not the Big 5. If that was the case, I'd say, yeah, fun's over. Have fun in conference. But you have you you have these teams that are vulnerable in ways. And I think that if you did choose to make a move, I mean – you get Kyler, man. I'll st- I'll come on this podcast and start calling you a contender because, I mean, it could change that quickly with some of the performances that you've seen this season. I mean, Antonio Brown, like you said, Caleb, tops the list alongside of Mike Williams. I mean, just huge production out of these guys um, that just really you didn't expect to see. And, you know, obviously Mike Williams has a down week this week, but you find it in other places. Um, J.D. McKissick, you know, that's still a, somehow a thing, 15 points this week. Um, and I, I, I got to call this out because you wouldn't have won this game if it weren't for Taylor Rapp's two-interception performance. So getting getting that boost on the defense even too and and you know it's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna count you out at all you're four and two and i'm not even gonna look at the advanced stats right now <laughs> uh i i'm i'm saying it david wilson batman has a shot yeah the rap love him <laughs> what, what a what a ride what is what a trajectory for yeah. <laughs> for this you hated, you hated him for a while yeah, remember trade. that after that trade Trade him to get a win now piece in 2020. Ends up not playing while completely healthy. And now he's a win now piece in 2021. Who would have thought? <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This team, it's just, just blows my mind, man. Um, well, you know, on the other side, though, we have we have a special story forming with this team the dynasty team and Owen six guy just, you know, stumbled his way through the pack five, but God damn it. Can this team cover <laughs> because once again, he does it this week behind the strength after coming into the chat, after saying it's over and within seconds of sending that message, Daryl Williams and Darnell Mooney get into the end zone at the same moment. And this team nearly, nearly picks off an upset that would have probably ended your season rock and any sort of weird hope that you had. I mean, it was that close four points. Uh, what, what a weird year for the dynasty team. God, one second. You're calling me a pseudo contender and now you're calling my hope weird. That's what we do here. No, that uh, I feel like it's time to address that disgusting display, just egregious reverse jinx out of Colin. He he wants to claim that it was on accident that he didn't know the actual line, but I think he did. I think he did, Um, and just mm, I wanted to say all bets on that game should be canceled. I still believe that. Um, because of that display of black magic, but then Tim went and hit that stupid parlay, and <laughs> I feel like I have to at least donate to the sports book. So 
Um, I hope we don't see anything like that again. What Colin did this week, um, I'm still I'm still gonna declare myself the cover king because of that. I would never stoop to those levels that he did this week. So, um, and yeah, that's all I gotta say on that. It, it was upsetting. Yeah, I'm not huge into the <laughs> not huge into the gambling scene. You damn addicts. Uh, <laughs> but a good week for Kyle and I almost pulled it off. 0-6 hurts. I've been there, buddy. Uh, just a few more. you got half a season to go, and you can tie my record. Uh, Cortland Sutton has been a bright spot of this team. Uh, getting a ton of targets. Teddy missed him on a couple deep balls, which really sucked. And now Teddy might be hurt, and it might be Drew Locke again. So he might be stuck in quarterback limbo, but he's been good. And then, obviously, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, just the most absurd start to a season we've ever seen. I mean, just looking at it in Sleeper, looking at all those interceptions and all the points. And it's tough because, ah, I mean, can he keep doing it? It's like, I don't even know if Colin would try to shop him. I mean, like, everyone's assuming it's going to stop. And he's only getting, like, three or four tackles a game. But... It just keeps coming in the points. I mean, double digits every single week, 19, 19, 19. Like, you guys think he can keep this up, or is he trying to sell him now, or what what's, What are we doing with Trevon Diggs? I mean, I would have told you this was going to stop after week three, and he has four picks since then yeah. four, in three weeks. So, I mean, who am I to say? Yeah. I, he's obviously not going to have 17 interceptions this year, yeah. but, like, he might. Well, oh. <laughs> he's got like I mean, the perfect combination of not that good at actually covering people, but having like ridiculous target. ball skills to make up yeah. for it. He might just have 17 picks. Like he legitimately hunts for picks. Like he will <laughs> give up 80 yard touchdowns just to get that one interception in the game. So, I mean, if, you know, I like I don't think a team's going to like go out and try to grab him. I mean, if uh, if somebody maybe wanted to have a little fun and yeah. throw a no. throw a third yeah. round pick and just kind of bring that into their lineup for the rest of the year, I mean maybe, but um, I I don't know. It's yeah, those, it, it's just a weird story. Those fun corners and web when you're a non contender, I feel like you're just kind of stuck with. It may, well, it makes me miss the cornerback position yeah. a little bit. You know, you kind of yeah, hated it when true. it was there, but then you kind of miss it now that it's gone because a guy like Trayvon Diggs, where it was like, you know, at that point in time where it was like you had to start a cornerback, this guy would have been fucking incredible. He would have been a, a, a commodity almost just for the fun of it because – they were so uh, hit or miss as it was anyway, so why not just put a guy like this in there and have a little bit of fun? Um, but obviously now it's a little bit different. Could you imagine how much Caleb would abuse the cornerback position of people not actually playing corner? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I would never. I saw you trying to pick up a wide receiver to play TV <laughs> this week. Oh, Christ. I, oh, they... Of course you tried to do that, Caleb. <laughs> They took it away. They took bastards. it away, that son of a bitch. Go drop him on a shame right now. 
wide receiver DB eligibility. I had to give it a shot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Imagine rolling him. Who even with... make? Why does that even exist? I don't know. They took it he away immediately. This. So finally, they put an end to it. Well, he was originally like a DB, I think, and then he transitioned oh, to receiver. I, I mean, would it have been that big of an advantage? Advantage? He hasn't like done a whole, done a ton. It'd be a lot more fun. Three touchdown game. Yeah, kick you out of the I league. thought it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> thought it'd be oh interesting. God! I, I thought it would yeah. be interesting. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, this team, though, what a ride! I I had something else. What did I have? I had one last point. Oh, I I wanted to say. Um, you know, the the midseason special will once again be uh, spooky themed, Halloween themed, and I feel like we had a little bit of a precursor to that this week. A lot of like weird hexes and jinxes happening this week. We had the the Colin drama, and then I got yelled at on Twitter for saying Josh lost in the second quarter, and oh, yeah. so everybody was everybody was looking out for the jinxes this week, man. Dan was on a rampage against jinxes because his luck has been so horrible lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Oh God! Didn't um, he use like right. he used like the sweating gif when he was up by like thirty going into like the, the halftime? Yeah, when like, Josh when, all he had was Dawson Knox. It, who was it's hurt. vintage Dan to be six and zero, wrecking the entire league, and also being like, oh, "My team sucks, and I have to <laughs> prevent jinxes." When, yeah, when was the point we could declare Josh the winner? Was it Derrick Henry's third touchdown, or was it Dawson Knox breaking his hand? <laughs> that two-point conversion oh, came God. in, and Dan was just like, we didn't yeah, even, I guess we, it's not we my forget, week. <laughs> I forgot to talk about that, too. The the Josh tight end stream, yeah. it, it ended, and then it, oh, God, we ruined that, too. That was another part of the, for the precursor to the witchcraft. We suck. Witchcraft could be a good theme next week. Ooh. Oh, I got yeah. You guys get ready. If you thought last year was fun, I got a whole list of things planned My God. for the spooky week for the spooky midseason show. Um, but I digress. Let's move on to the final game of the week. After playing in a game of the week, in a season-defining moment potentially, the Milkers, heartbroken, maybe just broken, uh, went into this game against the Rugs Rats, needing to see just something, needing to see a little bit of life after you know this very tough Pack Five slate that he's gone through, a lot of disappointment. Um, and you know, luckily for him, he was able to capitalize on the matchup this week. A lot of encouraging performances for the milkers this week, um, exceeds 200 points JT, man. I mean, we're, we're to the point here where, where he is, he is that guy. And I mean, we kind of, Caleb, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago again, where it's like, okay, where, where are we at with JT? Since you said that he has shown nothing, but 
exceptional things. So he he's right there for me as as the top running back. The thing I hate still is he still isn't getting a ton of carries. I mean, it's like he's still kind of splitting up in that backfield. So you just imagine what he could do with a full workload. But maybe saving his body a little bit that is a good thing. Um, but and it kind of I mean in a year where Calvin it kind of looks like he's out of it already. Maybe it's better for that to happen. But yeah, he's just breaking off massive chunk runs. He's finally coming alive. And, I mean, up to 65% snap share this week, which is the highest he's had this season. So maybe he is going to get more involved here. So, yeah, that's a that's a big bright spot for him. Yeah, Calvin's an interesting spot here because he's, unlike Parker, he only has two matchups with Dan and Mingo, I believe. So he's got a, a lighter schedule. This one got scary for a little bit pretty late in the day. Where Riley was still ahead in projections, but then I think Sunday night, TJ Watt game yeah. kind of saved him, put him back ahead for good. Um, but yeah, he's got Carter and Colin this week. I mean, his team could very easily get back to 500, and then he gets his Mingo and Dan matchups just back to back. Now you just never know what could happen. I'm not ready to rule this team out. We all, I think, uh, did I last week? I might have just ruled him out last <laughs> you week. You did. Ah, <laughs> shit. I'm not ready to anymore. <laughs> Going back on it. I mean, this, this is a t- it shouldn't just roll over. Like, he's got way too much talent to, no. to do that with the schedule like you're talking about. I mean. He needs to be perfect, though. Yeah. I will yeah. say that. That's that's really the thing. I mean, he, he put himself into a position where he does really need to be perfect in the big five. He has that benefit, and we mentioned that a couple weeks ago, that he has the benefit of having a, a very light schedule, big five-wise, and he can really take advantage of that with how much better his roster is than the Carter and Collins. Um, so that could theoretically be four easy wins for him down the stretch. Um, but outside of that, he's he, he's gonna need to pick some up along the way, and and really, uh, you know, yeah. it, it would be it would be a little bit of a surprise to see that sort of mm-hmm. you know run happen. But we've seen crazier things happen before, so I'm not gonna not gonna sit here and say the season is mm-hmm. over. Um, but what I am gonna say, the trade deadline is you know we, four weeks away. It's it's not close, but we're getting closer to that sort of point of the season, um, and what I'm going to ask you guys is let's say, you know, he, he drops a game here, uh, enters the big five. Maybe it, it doesn't go the way that he, that he plans. Uh, TJ Watt, does that become a piece that you start potentially shopping after acquiring him for a first round pick a year ago, now looking like a player that could fetch two firsts plus, and especially in a year like this where the teams at the top are so desperate and he could be a league-winning piece, is that something that you consider if if you're Calvin or do you take this player into your uh, 2022 season? I think I said last week that I would chop everyone but that main three. So I think I'm shopping this guy. And I think maybe Dan wants Maybe Dan's got two firsts. Next two years still somehow. Uh, don't give him what. Don't say put a, that. Put his foot on everyone's throat. Go for setting all-time unbeatable records for stats. Maybe that's a trade that could happen. But yeah, I would definitely entertain. I'd be trying to 
shop uh, TJ Watt a lot. But you know what? As a as a fellow team that has um, been open to selling these guys, there hasn't been a lot of action from these contenders. They haven't been reached out to too much. So maybe teams are looking at the stand team and being like, well, I have what I have. I'm going to try and beat them in a one-game playoff, but I'm not going to spend too much assets to try and do it. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely fetch something real nice for Watt if someone makes the move. It's also like this team has always been trying to build a defense. And then if you trade away one of the best defensive players in the league, that makes – I mean, obviously you're getting assets back to possibly build it back up. But I think you'd kind of like to have that anchor, whereas the rest of this defense, I mean, is looking pretty replaceable right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd definitely be shopping him and seeing what other people think. But this also could be a guy that's like, I need a, a piece for the defense moving forward. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been over eighty points on the defense the last three weeks, so he's seeing a little bit of life there. That was a big story for him going into the year. How was the defense going to look this year? Um, but you know, it, it, it's not a decision he needs to make right now. It's not a decision he has to make even in the next couple weeks, as he you know he he has Colin and Carter immediately to start things off. So that could be a tone setting, you know, start to the the conference window for him. Um, but just something to, something to consider. And, and I agree with you, Brock. I think the, uh, the contenders aren't really looking to make those moves quite yet because people already can sense that Dan is, is the team to beat. And maybe, maybe this season just comes down to winning one game against him. And so maybe that's all it takes this year. And you don't really need to do much more outside of that. Yeah, I can. I can kind of feel that happening. I mean, Tim said that he didn't get much action for Kareem Hunt up to this point. I haven't heard much from people on any of my guys. I I definitely feel like that could happen. But with bye weeks coming in, I feel like Dan could maybe stumble a little bit these next couple of weeks. I, I mean, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now that I think he could maybe stumble, and he hasn't yet, so it might not actually happen. But <laughs> it could happen. Maybe open the door. Maybe we get some action before the – deadline yeah flip side of this game then wrapping up the week rugs rats you know we kind of mentioned that this might be a little bit of a trap game after riley's strong performance last week um but ultimately that was not the case the team you know goes back down to the 160s this week um you know uh, roughly about his average for the year um, and the, the main takeaway this week, though, for me is, is Henry Ruggs. I feel like we, we kind of have done this throughout the season, whether it's Hollywood or, or whatever. We've talked about Ruggs before as well. But I, I do think we need to bring up Ruggs specifically again at this point just because of uh, the, the sort of like narrative around this name very similar to Hollywood going into the year. Guys that we kind of said, you know, this is the year already do it or you're done. Nope. Like the value is already so depreciated. Um, and we, we're really seeing rugs having a, a very solid year. It's, it's nothing exceptional. He He's going to have those down weeks as a boom or bust type of guy, but he is having the booms. And I mm-hmm. think that is the big thing here uh, to take away for this team is that, you know, th- this could be a, a legitimate wide receiver three, that, that boom or bust high upside option for him and as he moves forward. 
Yeah, like like you said, this was a guy. I think if he stayed on the pace he was last year, this is getting to. He would have got to the point where you'd be thinking about dropping him. Um, so it's nice to see, even if the target numbers aren't quite there, that he's at least becoming a guy that you could maybe start as a possible ceiling play. So it's just nice to see from that. Um, the other thing with Riley's team, this defense came to play this week right after I called it out. Um, and when you pair that with Marvin Jones, it looks like I have a pretty strong reverse <laughs> jinx game that I would never, ever Ooh. use for evil ways like some other people. <laughs> I mean, this, what this defense did this week is just stupid because it's, it's been so bad. Uh, I mean, it's just the last few weeks here, just the 39, which we talked about, and then into the 50s. But, yeah, I mean, that that is really the power of the New Age web defense is there there is this opportunity for a little bit more boom-bust have these major spike weeks once in a while. I mean, Xavier McKinney had two picks this week, so that's, you know, that's nice to see, honestly, as a, as a young player, as a piece that he wants to be an institution in his lineup. Um, and, and Kari Willis is, you know, that's a pretty loaded stat line for him, a guy that, you know, he kind of hopes to see a little bit out of as well. So just some, you know, some overall bright spots on the defense as he – you know, a, a lot like the offense, just tries to figure out what the identity is and, and where the team is uh, heading into 2022. Are you good, Caleb? And that's week six. <laughs> the full Darth Vader going now. Can't even see your face. <laughs> you, you've, you have now fallen into the shadows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's week six. I mean, it's, we, it's the end of the interconference window. So we're at a a weird point because we kind of did a whole, a a lot of big picture stuff is a very clear transitional moment in the season. Now the, the ideas around the team start to shift a little bit as you compare them within the conference, as opposed to across the league. We'll, we'll do more big picture stuff again next week with the midseason show, but kind of that time of the season where people are really starting to reflect, understand what they are, understand what their needs are, where they need to go. Um, and what better way, what better way to talk about that than to see what is in store for the first week of conference play in week seven, in week seven, the halfway point already. We made it. Jeez. We made it. Uh, it's it's crazy that it's here already, and we have lines from the book again, pre precursors to the week to come. We had a a parlay this week, which we alluded to earlier. Tim <laughs> nearly bankrupted the book and ruined sports web sports betting in, entirely, but we we survived and hopefully we will we'll come out the other side this oh, week. God, what a sick parlay! He is a five game parlay and only one of them was a money line the rest were spreads that's crazy <laughs> unbelievable that's impressive talk to him about that Seriously. like where did that come from uh frazier yeah. like to kick us off i will we got some sportsbook lines here wow i I was, I was looking at these lines trying to figure out who was the biggest favorite. 
Turns out it's uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> who would have saw this coming? <laughs> we got some respect. Uh, David Wilson, my <laughs> this has to be a typo. Minus forty versus the Rooks Raps. Wow. Wow. All right. Mm. A lot of respect. What do you What do you guys think? Hmm. Um. Man, I mean, I like what I'm looking at with the receivers for you and stuff. The quarterback situation still hurts. Who is Riley going to start a quarterback? Who is Riley starting a quarterback if Herbert's on a bye and Trey Lance doesn't look like he's going to play? Yeah, he's been letting that linger for so long that I'm considering just creating space for three of the starting quarterbacks that are left in waivers. Huh. Jared Goff recently added to the wire. Yeah, might be the guy to get the call this week. Um, that kind of complicates things. I, I think I might still go Riley. I can see sort of a boom week out of these receivers from him with Rugs, Hollywood, Pittman. Fun little core there. Um, man, not having the quarterback really hurts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Riley to cover. Barely. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the bi-pocalypse this week, and it, these lines are going to look a little weird because of that, and um, definitely the quarterback situation for the Rugs Rats. Not ideal when you lose, you know, potentially the number one guy for a week, but um, 40 points seems excessive, and I, the book mentioned he was trying trying to make some money back and i don't know if this is the way to do it i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the rugs rats to cover that you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna zag i think this team no quarterback uh, i think he had some other significant buys i managed to complete almost completely avoid this black i think mike williams and the guy got missing look at my cover 40 I might bet on it. Wow. Too. What a what a win! What a statement win that would be for you to enter the conference window. Yeah. All right, moving on. We got the fresh princesses. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I did enjoy that chirp from Charter, from Carter. Uh, versus the dynasty team, coming off 189, best game of the year. Uh, Fresh Prince favored by only 36 this week. I haven't gotten a chance to look at his buys, um, so I'm going to be winging it. Um, but what do you guys think? <laughs> Looks like we got Sony in the lineup Ooh. and Cole Herbert at the running back spots. Um, but still, the defense looks fairly intact. No Derwin, but man, I think I'm still going to hop on I mean, I think Colin's this is starting. Is it? This is this line's bait. They want you to take. He uh, wants you to take Parker. I'm taking Parker. I'm taking Parker all the way to the bank. That might not be great. I don't know, man. Ah, it's a dynasty team, though. All he does is cover. He proved that once again last week, and this Parker team is. Pretty 
I mean, relatively decimated this week between the injuries and the buys. And I mean, like, at some point, you know, starting Sony Michelle in 2021 is not <laughs> what you want to see. Yeah. And Odell is also not playing, um, I, I don't believe. So, I mean, that's a, that's a piece in the lineup that's going to be switched out as well. So, give me Colin. Give me the dynasty team. I'm never, I'm never gonna count this team out ever. My, my reaction from this line is the book is absolutely terrified of the cover machine. So, <laughs> trying, they're trying to end this, and I'm, I'm gonna take the bait as just like Caleb. I'm taking, I'm taking Parker minus thirty-six. He <laughs> got me. All right, moving on. We have the Rebels facing off with the Pens. Josh has to be happy that he has a winnable matchup here after facing Dan. Uh, favored by 32 this week. Um, I'm gonna. I can go ahead and start this one out. I think the Pens are reeling right now, even with that big CD week. It didn't amount to a, a high total team score. I think. I think Josh covers this pretty easily. Also have yeah. to buy it also. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna roll with Josh here. No real momentum for the Pens right now. Josh is playing really nicely. It doesn't look like his offense is all that affected by buys. Um, so I think he should be good to go. Give me Josh. Yeah, the wind is out of the insulin pen sails. I think at this point, any early momentum that he had is is pretty much gone now. And uh, if you're Josh, you, you cannot drop any of these games um, against the Tims and the Rileys of the conference. So expect him to make a statement week seven, and I'm taking him to cover. All right, moving on. I'm going to skip one here and say those big two for last. Spoiler alert, one of them's got a pretty big spread. Whoa. Um, but we're going to move on to this one first. We got the legendary milkers. Versus K1 Jelly, and we got the Milkers favored by uh, 28. What are you thinking, Mingo? Well, like we said, um, a lot like jo- uh, a lot like Josh, you know, um, if Calvin wants any sort of chance whatsoever this season, it starts right now by winning this first Carter game. He needs to do it. The Cowboys are on a bye. And so is Justin Jefferson. Oh dear God! And so is T.J. Watt. Oh it's, dear it's God! A great buy situation for Calvin. Ooh. Okay. Um. Oh, God. oh God. I mean, even. Oh man, even with all that. It, eh, <laughs> no, I'm. I'm betting on Kyler this week. Give me. Give me K1. Uh, yeah. Yeah, betting on Kyler against the Houston Texans defense. That's pretty much what I'm going to go with here with these buys that Calvin has. I'll, I think I'm going to take Carter, too. I'm rolling with you guys. That 28 is just simply simply too large for what this team has going on this week with these buys. Um, K1 Jelly, Kyler, big points this week, which is Houston. I'm rolling with that. All right. The Pack 5 showdown of the week. We got Dirty Dave and the boys versus K O O C. All right. <laughs> the boys 
We talked about Caleb's buys. The boys are favored by 30 in this pivotal matchup. Caleb, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I'm. I might be taking Dave here. Like I said, I mean, I'm gonna be stuck rolling out AJ Green. Um, if Kenny Galladay can't go, I might have to make a trade because it might be Dante Pettis who I picked up. Uh, maybe AB. Oh, maybe. Um, Perks. This is where the trade <laughs> Perks are joining the gang as well on the streets. Um. You got Tannehill against the Kansas City defense. Kamara on Monday night to rip my heart out. I'm taking Dave. Yeah, I mean, this is the sucky part about fantasy is that you have to endure buys. And I would love for this matchup to kick off the Pack 5 uh, with some major fireworks. But I think in this case, Dave lucks out a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I have to take him to cover this week. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that as well. Just feel a bit too many buys. This, this conference will hit really test your, test your depth. But when you just have as much going on as Caleb does, it's kind of hard. Um, so yeah, Dave minus 30 and maybe undisputed game of the week, game of the year, game of regular season game of web history <laughs> maybe uh, the Pirates hosting the Moneymakers this week with only a 10 spread despite Mr. 250 out there what are we thinking uh, well I can start because I I mean a little bit like the last game I don't have Dalvin Cook or James Robinson. That is such a significant part of my offense that it's very hard for me to to feel confident going into this game. I would have loved to see these two teams matching up full strength. Um, but on the other side, though, Dan is getting hit by some defensive buys. And with his defense being as significant as it has been this year, that's not a little deal. And let's not forget that it's also the moneymaker killer, Harrison Smith, Ooh. and Daniil Hunter, <laughs> who perennially has three sack games against me. So, I mean, schedule makers, thank you for that. Um, but in the end, I, I, I just, I'm seeing Daryl Williams in the same lineup slot as Derrick Henry, and I am just <laughs> slamming the Pirate crew this week. Yeah, I, I'm going to hop on that as well. I mean, I think for a team that's getting, that's outscoring you by 25 per week, I think you're getting hit worse with buys. I think right now I would definitely hammer minus 10. Uh, what do you think, Caleb? Yep. Put it down. Put down the house. Put down your car. <laughs> okay, no, that was a little far, probably. <laughs> the house and the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me Michael Thomas was supposed to be back this week, and he's not even going to be back for the next couple weeks. It's just a, it's just a bad week for me. I don't want to talk about it, honestly. And that's week seven. So we got two massive games between the top teams in each conference, and neither me nor Mingo feel confident at all going in. Yep. 
the bipocalypse has put a complete damper on it. it. But I mean, nonetheless, let's let's not get it mixed up here. We think we have it all figured out right now. We look at the lineups the way they are. We've seen weird things happen, and at the end of the day, these four teams are all going into it with you know when Sunday hits, man, we're all gonna be there. We're all gonna be sitting there glued to the TV, desperate to get a win no matter what. And, you know, Daryl Williams scored 20 points last week, and Caleb Taylor Heineke could have a 40-point week. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You got a Taylor Heineke-Antonio Gibson stack maybe Mm. rolling up there, maybe potentially. I don't know. So don't – yeah, no, I'm trying to get people psyched up because, God damn it, these games – these games, man, they're they're massive. This is huge. This is the start of the conference window. These are the teams that are going in. Uh, you know, obviously the the two teams in the in the Big Five kind of stealing the show, but at the same time, it's the top two teams in the Pac Five looking to set the tone in the conference. So let's get jacked up for it, and uh, it's only going to get better from here, gentlemen, because uh, we got more we got more matchups between these teams and the other teams and. We're going to learn a lot over the next few weeks here uh, in the conference window. So get pumped, get ready, and uh, also get ready for the midweek. Or, God damn it. The <laughs> midseason special next week. We're, we're going to get a little, a little scary again. So I'm ready. I am pumped. Thank you. I mean, I, I want everybody to be pumped. This is This is a big week. This is going to be a fun one. So. Any uh, any closing thoughts before we move into the the midway? No, I'm gonna cover forty. No, <laughs> biggest part of the week. Don't don't anyone forget. Biggest favorite. <laughs> I'm gonna come back here next week after a forty point Fraser cover. He's five and two. I'm gonna start talking about this team as the Pack Five favorite. Watch me. I'll be homeless and. Homeless and without a car after Mingo beats. Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, thanks, everybody, and let's make it a great week.